0: You enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why. You know, the type of guys that puff out their chest and say... say After their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. you you Punters and tipsters, in the words of AFL pundits and South Park's Mr Mackey, drugs are bad, okay, but Sunday beers are the boys... Are so with a coach's blessing, join us down at the Yorkshire Hotel on the corner of Punt Road and Language Street in Abbotsford. The best part is, if you're a committed in-season player or coach, you don't even need to drink. The food's fantastic and the footy's always on. Alright ladies and gents, whether or not you're into Game of Thrones, winter is definitely coming regardless. And like a seasonal persistent cough that you just can't shake, I've got some things to get off my chest. But to do that, I need help. So as always, I have my right-hand man and the best ranter in the business... Big bustling Baz. How was your weekend, mate?
1: It was pretty good. Uh, great weekend for all Brighton Footy Club. Yep, all the teams had a win except for the under twenty threes. So they played a very very strong side and got done. But the lift, fourth... boys left. Oh no! To be fair, they're, they're playing a side that should probably be in that grade. But it is know, what it is. They still competed hard and yeah. All four home teams had a good win as well. It's a good weekend for the club and yeah, just a nice relaxing quiet weekend before. There's a few weekends in the next four or five weeks where I won't be able to scratch myself with so many social outings and uh, other commitments as well. So I'm not looking forward to that. You know me, I like to... Yeah, I like to keep things quiet, quite reserved, and most of the time alone. Yes. So, uh, yeah, well, I yeah. It's, it's just who you are. Yeah, it's who I am. You know, I've had my my fun days. Now I've got to lock myself up or else uh, a barrel might come back out. Yeah.
0: You used to call me on my cell phone. All right, speaking of Barrel, let's get him on the blower and get some things off our chest. Football fatigue's in full swing now. We mentioned it last week, but this week we reached proper football fatigue zone. The media's had enough and they're just looking for stories. And they're looking for cheap and easy gets. They're like that lazy outside mid that just wants to get the easy handball and rack up the stats. So we're yeah. going to put some of the outrage merchants' comments and lazy headlines to, to bed, well, once just, and for all.
1: Just before we start this, Buckley... Yeah. I know I'm a comments for yeah. Buckley's one of the best people to listen to mm-hmm. uh, when he speaks. He was on 360 uh, last night. Not last before, night, yep. yeah. And what he said to Robbo about how about we push the positive stories instead of always pushing the ones we're about to talk about. And he's 100% right. It's just, you know... Again, Robbo and Eddie spat as well. Like, Just stop it. Like, And it's social media has hmm. caused this, and it's a good thing and a bad thing, social media. But yeah, the, what we're about to talk about now, and you know, again, I, I think I tweeted about two years ago, and I've retweeted it once or twice since. There's, there's always 10 media stories that get, get used. And this is definitely three of the and, 10. Yeah, yeah.
0: With a, with a little cheeky twist on one of them. All right, so the first one. Mr. Melbourne Mays is yet to play a game. So how upset should we be that he was out on the lash with the fellas on a Sunday as punters, as fans, and or as a Nuffie? Oh. So there's three different people that could be upset. I know already say about this and other, other commitments, but it's not, it's not a story in the sense that it's not back page news. No. But if you're a Melbourne person, you will probably be disappointed. Yeah. If you're a punter, you're concerned. And if you're a Nuffie,
1: you're kind of having a laugh. Oh, this is my, my take on it. And so obviously he was there having beers. He's, he's got some personal issues going on. You know, he's had a bad day or, or bad morning. He's, he's called his mates and said, look, I've had a rough time. Can, you know, can we catch up for a beer and have a chat, you know, help me out? Because he is actually seeing psychologists. He's seen, doing all the right things, seeing a cancelled all that stuff through the club, and the club's helping him out because they know about his situation. Now, what Melbourne Footy Club could have done straight away is would have nipped all this, all this would have stopped. They Obviously, got relate to the media. Melbourne Footy Club just could have gone, yep, he's allowed to drink. He's allowed to have a beer or two with his mates. If they'd have done that, instead all gone. of saying, all gone. All the hysteria, stops. But because they went, yes, he's having a team, he's confronting the players tomorrow morning, yes, it's a band thing, blah, 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 it went, you know. Went mental. Went mental. And the fact that he's the hot, probably, I think he's the highest played, if not the second highest played player at Melbourne, behind Lever. So you look at that and you look at how Melbourne are going all that that stuff adds up if Melbourne were winning I bet you this wouldn't have come up but yeah I just think that people need to look it's not a big deal he needs to be smarter about it but you know a lot of players do drink and do stuff when they're not meant to but they're smart how they do it and he shouldn't probably do that in the open public bar of a Richmond pub where you know where Nuffies that want to get their 16 seconds of fame, have, have an iPhone and can well, sell it for a
0: couple of hundred bucks on the media channel.
1: I was going to say, I can guarantee you that bloke who took the photo we got paid for that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what happens. But yeah, it just may be a bit smarter and Melbourne probably be a bit smarter and the media just take a backward step a bit. But it's not going to happen, is it? So, no. and it, like I said, if they were winning and everything was fine, he was playing good football, it wouldn't have mattered. But because he's injured, because Melbourne haven't been showing that well, because of his, his profile now, what's happened. I didn't like Gary Lyon, you know, on uh, on the couch on Monday night. He was alluding to, you know, professionalism back at the Gold Coast again. How about he take some responsibility? He has rocked up to a pre-season unfit. He's barely played. He's got other issues going on. He's been talking the talk but not walking the walk. And every, all the Melbourne people keep blaming Gold Coast. Maybe you need to have a look at your own internal mm. little, little thing and what's going on there because if he keeps relapsing, it's obviously not all Gold Coast's fault. So... I think that has a little bit to do with what's going on at Melbourne at the moment. A bit of a... Uh...
0: And I just, I kind of realised the other day, because I was thinking to myself, like, we always, like, we, we react to the mainstream media and then we kind of give our own critique on it. But why is the mainstream media so obsessed with Melbourne? And then I realised, look at On The Catch. On The Catch is probably the, the premier, whether or not it's that good or not, but it's the premier an- analyst show. Yeah, it's, it's the only good, one that's got yeah. on, on top type. Yeah. But you've got Jared yeah. Healy. Yep. Yeah. Gary Lyon. Gary Lyon. Roos. Paul Ruiz.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like the Melbourne Old Boys Club. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you go, Oh, it's never Melbourne's fault. Melbourne's always in it. Melbourne's always a sniff. They'll bring up a little a little uh you know, stats chart that says all oh, these all the things that Melbourne's doing wrong, but it's always like, oh no, but I can fix that, they'll be back soon, they'll be yeah. playing finals. So yeah, it's always good when you're when you're watching at home or watching online or wherever, to realise who's who's speaking and why they're speaking. And the same with like Roosie about uh five. He does that. You know it's coming from the coach. You yeah, know it's yeah, coming he's from
1: a Ross Lyon. Yeah, they speak
0: You need it. to you need to connect the dots a little bit to make sure that you're not getting sold a story that's
1: just just clubs. But got was going hard at May, but knew about his personal problems, so kept referring to the fact that mm. he's got personal problems, he's got personal. But football is now as as Lyon was more. I hit. Let's blow it over here. Blah blah. blah. The other thing i like to take from last weekend, just on Melbourne, is you watch North Melbourne win the game, right? They beat Carlton. They flogged them. Yeah. Before they sing the team, before they get carried away, Scott calls me in, tells them, boys, we haven't achieved anything yet. No. we won our second game. Relax. Yes, enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. But let's just refocus on where we're at and what we've got to do. And you look at that when Melbourne beat uh, Sydney and how they celebrated and even their win on a weekend with Hawthorne and given Melbourne's history, when they like to over-celebrate, it's something... I mean, they, surely they don't lose this week. The but it's Coast. definitely buyer
0: beware. Don't touch! Don't touch that game. And when you when you're going to put that tip in on, on Friday night before you leave the office or the works, i was already
1: nervous doing it today. Be
0: very, very careful because you're going to feel so bad. You are going be like I know what happens. They win, they celebrate. They lose for
1: two weeks, especially when Goodwin was talking about oh our football, our brand of football is working. All, you know, it's been, been proven by the worst. That was arguably the worst game of football for the year. Oh no, nah. oh, yeah. it was up there. Yeah, it was up there because and, and and what the potential it could have been and yeah. where it delivered to. And, and Clark, I reckon, did it, said exactly what everyone was thinking. He knows football. And, and he got there to fuck for it. I actually liked it. And there's a few other commenters, uh, commentators actually said they enjoyed it because it's the truth. Mm. I think one of them was Hutchie. And even I think Juddy even agreed. It was two poor teams playing poor football. And if we think that we're going to get anywhere playing this football, neither of us will get anywhere. Mm. I think that's just spot on It sums up both Melbourne and Hawthorne. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's that, anyway. That's
0: Melbourne done and dusted, and we try to put him in the cone, we just can't. We just, I guess, they find a way. A cone is turned into a sieve. <laughs> it's it's disappointing, but we'll try harder next time. All right, the second one. After being reported by, for striking, Dylan Cheel, Gary Ablett Jr. has apparently joined the AFL's Untouchables after he got off on his charge for striking. Was it the correct decision, Baz? Of course it was. Absolutely, 100%. My only issue with this is that what we're we going to do about the MRP?
1: Oh, I don't. Know, I don't understand how he got away with that. Oh, sorry. he got away for that? Yeah. Um, he would. He would got got off for uh, pretty much the exact same thing. Didn't even get fined. Yeah. Against Lloyd and. Well, he got reported
0: on the ground.
1: Yeah, but so the, that was the issue that, that the was, ump. Uh, th- so it doesn't go to the match review panel.
0: No, no, it goes. So you get reported on the ground. Yeah. Then the then the umpires report automatically gets taken to the MRP, even if the MRP wouldn't have sized you without the report. Yeah. Then they have to use the metric, the little the little matrix box thing. Yeah. Because the umpire reported him. And by using the box, they come up with a week. And then everyone in the world knew it wasn't going to be a week. So then they took it to the tribunal. But,
1: but Hipwood did the exact same thing, probably a bit harder. Yeah. On but and because then... it wasn't reported by the umpire, but the, so the MRP w- didn't cite him. Because
0: I don't think the MRP would have cited Gary if the umpire didn't report him. Oh,
1: okay. Well, it, was just, it was just weird. Anyway... Yeah, it, it's been all over, and like, it's probably more so than the May thing. It's probably a good thing we've had this to cover up the May thing more. Yeah. But yeah, you should have got off. It's yeah. unless you're we're back we're for Essendon.
0: In, in then that's North all right. Har- Just or, be... or North, Melbourne. North Melbourne. I know was
1: hoping yeah, you have a Yeah, you, of...
0: you can definitely be a nuffy and be and buy into your one-eyedness, and that's fine. That's as a fan's are right. That's all right But if you're trying to be like a football punter or a pundit or an, an inverted commas expert. There is there's no reason to be outraged. He's not an untouchable. It was a joke of a report. He got off because he needed to, because he deserved to, and he got a two thousand dollar fine. So you know he copped his whack. Oh, and I really hope they rest him now. Oh, they'd be the best. Oh, just please. It'd be the absolute just best. Just and finally, a question from Coach's Corner. So Chad Wingard, Mr. Fig Jam himself. I've never seen a man spend a higher percentage of time looking at himself on the big screen. <laughs> Looked like he received some actual 360 feedback because he was literally surrounded by the senior like, leadership team of Hawthorne at halftime in that match. Yeah. Now, that happens all the time. You just discuss what's happening in the game. You yeah, break it down. You
1: generally don't see it on TV.
0: As a coach, as Clarko, yeah. you pretend to be Clarko now, do you say to the boys, well done, it needs to be addressed? Or do yeah. you say,
1: fellas, wait till you get in the change rooms? That's not all All right. As long as the message is correct and it's the right players delivering it, I love it. And it was. Respect. It was like, it was roughy, poppy. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, yeah, it was all their big guys. 100% I'm all for player... I'll, I'll, player feedback is the best. Like, I love player feedback. I always ask for it. The under-19s, they probably don't give it back as much because they're a bit intimidated or they don't care, whatever. Yeah. But I, I think player feedback's important and, and especially to one another, it just I think it's a trust thing and... Uh, respect thing as mm. well especially if it's delivered in the right way sometimes it can be delivered the wrong way yeah but as long as you understand that and you know I always say at the start of the year, if you get player feedback or you get feedback from others on the ground don't take it personally it's not personal it's just constructive criticism mm. yes they might deliver it the wrong way but and if you've got a problem with it let's talk about it like it's you know part of growing up part of maturing as a person mm. and, and you know because in life you're going to get to jobs and you're going to get constructive criticism of people either your peers or higher than you whatever and you might not like it, but you got to grow up and get on with it. Like, yeah. don't take it personally. You work with that person every day. Same with footy. I love it. I reckon it's great. Yeah, obviously you would prefer it, you know, behind closed doors. But I think Melbourne. No, I mean, sorry. I think Hawthorne know where they're at and where, you know, especially rough edge and those sorts of blokes. They're pretty, pretty good leaders. And yeah, you know, Wingard came over with his issues and his problems, and you know about how he plays on the field sometimes. And I think. He'll slowly get that whacked out of him by Hawthorne, or he'll uh, find himself back in the resies or not playing.
0: Yeah, which will be uh, adding just more more flames and stoke to that fire of the uh, Twitter trolls who say that uh, they definitely lost that trade, which uh, potentially they might have.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. Right? It's and, way too early to yeah, call. He's a very handy player. With very, very good player. And if there's any club with great culture and mm. good, getting things right, probably the best coach in the AFL we've seen in a long, long time... Yeah, Mr. Bilicek uh, Clarkson. And then, geez, uh, if he doesn't get it right with him, then, yeah, he's, he's got trouble. So he probably won't find another AFL club, that's for sure. Come on. You
0: Enough of the uh, side menu items. Let's get straight into our main course. Our round eight previews. Our Upset Alerts and our sure things there's no 50-50s this week cuz basically all none are 50-50s oh. it's so close like in terms of i think i think when you look at it, the form there's a lot it seems closer than it probably actually is but i think it's it, it's mostly upsets potential upsets not guaranteed upsets obviously and then some sure things not many real ones we wouldn't have a taken the game in a second. i feel more
1: confident tipping this week than last week like, I stunk up last week. I only got five, I think yeah. it was. And uh, Fred let me down. Carlton were terrible. Uh, obviously Hawthorne let me down. And there was one other game that um, oh Bulldogs Rich- Richmond yeah. Richmond were pathetic. But I, f- I feel more comfortable going into this week. Obviously going in on form, but obviously form doesn't mean much this, this year, year for some strange reason, which is it's it's not a very
0: AFL thing. No. The last kind of five five to ten years, form has been completely
1: bankable. You can trust it. Especially can, by around yeah. nine to ten. Yeah. You know, we're still obviously around seven, and we're probably a couple of weeks away from... But you look at it now, and in all seriousness, and Jerry rightly said this the other night, that uh, Collingwood, the top three. So Collingwood, Geelong, and JWS uh, could, could literally go to the bye without losing another game. And to be honest, you look at the, the, the fixturing and mm. who we're playing. All three of those teams should go to the bye. I think it's around 12 or 13. So mm. the next five weeks, you know, another five wins. Yeah. They really should, but they won't, because it doesn't happen that much these days. So, very strange
0: areas. All right, so we'll start with our upset alerts. the first one I've got is a tricky one. Saturday, one forty-five PM. We're going to Ballarat, yeah,
1: it's Mars not... Stadium. That's why it's tricky. I know. Yeah, they still play games out there, and I mean it's a great idea and everything, but it's not really an ideal stadium for AFL football. It's always cold. It's, it's like... nearly always wet. There's really, and big it's wind.
0: really wind, and it's wind affected. It's not quite Williamstown Oval. No. But it's pretty
1: close. They need to get that. Uh, over the Western Bulldogs need to get their, their read. That's. Um, EJ done, yeah. yeah. Read done. And they can play the games there. It'll be good for AFL uh, and good for footy. But anyway, I digress. That's okay. So yeah, Doggies are a $1.61 favourites, strangely, against Brisbane, who are
0: $2.25 outsiders. The line here, 7.5. The over under, one sixty-two. And why is this confusing? Well, the Doggies come off a massive win against a borderline disgraceful Richmond last week but Brisbane also tear up the Swans. Can we, so we say that form lines don't matter this year. Can we read anything into those two big wins for two clubs that are very different? We would have, we would have expected that from Brisbane at home against a slow Sydney. That's two ticks. That's style meets fights. That makes
1: sense. It was, I, I thought it was one of the best bets last week. Yeah. Brisbane at the line.
0: Doggies, however, they've been hit and miss. And when they hit, they've been amazing. And someone stands up. It's your pet peeve. A youngster carrying the load for the rest of the team which is one of your concern points in most clubs that do it and when they're being putrid
1: they have been proper I mean, putrid Yeah, I still don't rate doggies and Brisbane last week beat Sydney at their own game I bet it contested footy in a pretty it wasn't wet but it was it was dewy wet sort of game yeah. it wasn't Tropical. great yeah, it yeah. wasn't great conditions and, and Brisbane being at that the, Brisbane's second quarter was a bit worrying their first quarter was, was amazing they blew Sydney away Sydney got back in the game played more on Sydney's terms and Brisbane got it going again. And they never really looked like, about 10 minutes in that third quarter, it didn't really look like any danger of getting run over by Sydney. They kept extending. Even when Sydney got two or three goals, you know, within two or three goals, they kept kicking away and keeping that four to five goal margin, three to four goal margin. So mm. I thought Brisbane were really good last week. And I think, again, going on form, I know it's in, at Mars Day, and it's, you know, not the same... Conditions a bit harder for Brisbane, just are way better than doggies.
0: Yeah, if you think it in in clean conditions,
1: yeah,
0: Brisbane are the better side, more aggressive, better clearance team, way more attack, like attacking options, better rebound defense.
1: So the games that the Western Bulldogs have scored well this year, it's been when Norton's done well. Yeah, or a tall foot. So they need him to have another game like that. Or another game like he, I think it's round one. Yeah, he, more like round one. I think yeah. he, he won't really repeat that game. I don't think yet. Yeah, from so last week, they need that to happen, and then they need Ga- uh, Gowers, Lloyd, uh, Dixon, those sorts of blokes chipping in. And they need their midfield up and going as well. So that's that's yeah, you know, a lot of big. That's uh, a
0: lot. Of, that's a lot of contingents. that they, they yeah, need to pull their weight.
1: You look at the previous three to four weeks. You know, well, and people say they've been in games and stuff. Yeah, they've been in games. They haven't been able to score either. Hmm. So. All of a sudden, they, they put up a score against Richmond, who you know weren't at their best and didn't really have a match up for for Norton, uh, and you know it showed them up a bit. I think Brisbane have the match ups, and I think Brid- Brisbane's fall line will be really dangerous. And that's where if they can you know break even in the midfield, Brisbane, which they should with the ruckman and the midfield they've got, their fall line's probably too dangerous for World's back line. they've got a lot of smart forwards at Hipwood, you know, Charlie Cameron, Rayner. McCarthy, there's lots of little uh, and you know you've got other blokes running through there like Taylor was playing on the weekend, stuff like that, who are pretty dangerous sort of blokes and can kick goals and McCluggage I think he's the best kick um, best midfielder at kicking goals this year. He plays more of a wing, but midfield he kicks lots of goals as well. So they've got lots of blokes who can kick goals for him. If they can, you know, bring that contested footy, that style of play and break even in the midfield, they should be, they should have too much for for the doggies, and it's probably my my best bet of the week is probably Brisbane to win at two dollars twenty five. But I'll clarify that later on. Yeah. So that's
0: that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, is classic Ballarat. So it's hailing, it's windy, it's it's a bog. Yeah. Do they still win? Can they can they win? Can the Lions win ugly?
1: I hope so. Yeah, I, I believe they can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've um, think you know I always had a couple of down games uh, against Collingwood and stuff like that. But what I saw. I know they're only playing Sydney, and Sydney aren't that great, but Sydney at least have a crack. And from what I saw of their game on, on Saturday against Sydney, I thought that, yeah, Brisbane are, are definitely a team on the up. They're going to have their one or two weeks where they're a bit flat and not there because they're still overall a young side. But I think, yeah, overall, they're, uh, they're, they should be playing finals this year. Absolutely.
0: Uh, one other fact to kind of round it out is that they're currently the, the best team in the comp for score scoring shots production. So they don't always kick the most points. They're not, they're not super accurate, but they do get opportunities. They do get looks, and I think that's what blood doggies are. Doggies don't get enough looks to counter so that. So they will force a shootout. out, and if that's the case, then then Brisbane obviously win. Uh, the over is very very low at one sixty two, but given it's Ballarat, that, that's yeah, the reason. You've got to leave that one alone. So Brisbane to win at two dollars twenty five is very very tasty, but we'll get to that at the end. Second upset alert. And it's solely based on our number one rule of this <laughs> podcast. That's the only thing that makes us an upset <laughs> alert. But Saturday, 4.35, we're going to Metricon Stadium. We're taking the plane up to Gold Coast. They are $2.90 home dogs against Melbourne, who had a big win in inverted commas. They're a $1.34 favourites. The line here is 19 points. The over under 160. And the only rule, Baz, what is our number one rule when it comes to Melbourne? Bathwater. Bathwater alert. They have been drinking it. They drank it from the funnel siren. They didn't even bring out Gatorade. <laughs>
1: they can't lose. Surely they, they surely can't lose. But it, it's it's I understand we. But mean. it's it, very it, Melbourne. It's it's Melbourne like. It's funny. Bathwater. But they just should not lose to Gold Coast. And if they do, boy oh boy, wowie. The, uh, the the media will come from as much as I said they need to be not talked about anymore. They will be talked about so much. And I, I really hope Gold Coast do set themselves for this game, and I, I want to see Gold Coast and Richmond a bit later on as well with Lynchy. But yeah, I uh, especially with some of the comments that Melbourne have, have come out with about you know how unprofessional that you know, Gold Coast are, and I know they've made a lot of changes Gold Coast last eighteen months, and I can yeah this could be one of the ones where Stewie G puts a few little. Comments up on the wall. It only works once or twice a year, if that. And uh, just well, he only needs it two times: this and Richmond. Yeah, what well, really is which is well, this Richmond, and and Lynch well, is really what it is. Yeah, well, Richmond haven't been oh, that bad towards Gold Coast. They have a little bit, but I suppose their comments about the development of players is probably fair enough for what uh, the phase of the uh, Lynch yeah. was there, probably true. But you know,
0: and they've got runs on the board: making a ex- premiership and a prelate.
1: making excuses for. One bloke. For one bloke. And blaming it on, a, on his ex-club is, is a diff, bit different. So, yeah, look, I'm looking... For, I actually am looking forward to watching that game just for the pure story of it. But Melbourne surely can't lose. Speaking of the story, and you, and so we mentioned
0: this a couple of times in the previous seasons, is that you have that one ticket you said. So it's about how much can you lift a club at any level yeah. with this motivational thing? Like, how much better can you play? Because Gold Coast would need to play at like 20% above their standard. Because as you said, if they're a 61 to 75 point team week in, week out, yeah. best bet going around apparently. Well, it is it still up. It's still up. Wasn't a dig. Wasn't a dig. Wasn't a dig. Just a fact. Uh, they they need to go, you know, to 90. Can you get to 90 purely in the fact of these idiots have said that we're no good and we need to prove a point?
1: You can the, the, To be honest with you, it, it works for the first 5-10 minutes right so the boys are all up and about so you just got to make make sure you manage that um, excitement levels and stuff like that you know, you, you know about that you, yeah. got, you can get too over excited and too over pump amped up and has a you know a worse effect than probably going in flat and you need to make sure you get off to a good start now here's the here's the kicker because three teams in the competition currently score a
0: third of their points in the first quarter yeah Geelong Yep. Yeah. Collingwood Gold Coast so I'm not tipping Gold Coast to win I'm tipping, tipping. Gold Coast to win the first quarter Wait, right. that's paying two dollars25 nice so b- safe much more likely bet still probably unlikely you've let me in there well wow. but uh yeah 2 dollars25 <laughs> and I've got you in there lovely and uh, the rest of it the analysis doesn't make any sense there's there's no enough there's no statistical or analytical angle to say that Melbourne will lose but it just
1: be very Melbourne yeah, was well, there's no there's no analysis of any statistics apart from history yeah last week about the doggies and a few other teams, and you laughed it off and I, I went with you and, and, uh... and then and then it landed back on an, an egg on our face and I apologise <laughs> but that's okay I've got I've got it wrong plenty of times as well just look at Norton jeez I cough a shit about that as well <laughs> moving swiftly on a Saturday night 7.40 and it is of course
0: the showdown another tricky one to pick Port Adelaide are home underdogs $2.10 Outsiders, Adelaide, a dollar favorites, a four and a half point line, and the over/under a very low one sixty-two. A lot of Dow footy predicted for this weekend.
1: It's been Dow footy all year, mate. I know, but like teams aren't scoring. They aren't scoring, but a <laughs> lot of a lot of like they've given
0: up now. The bookmakers, <laughs> the
1: bookmakers have given
0: up because they have given us one seventies. We could have feasted on unders early this year. Do you
1: know yeah. te- teams less than ever going through the corridor, mm. the boundary side? Because I don't know, yeah. Anyway, you change rules. And they get scared. They and don't know how it's going to coach, react. Coaches adapt. Leave... Anyway.
0: Leave, leave the game alone. Yeah, yes. So we've got Adelaide, who have rebounded in a better because they've played two... Like, their game against St Kilda, they were average. They were, they, were bit, they were poor in that first quarter, and then they were average in the next three. Yep. And
1: in that Fremantle game, they, they, they were bad. Well, they weren't bad. They should have beaten, but they just had enough class in the end, I suppose, or... They, they ex- weren't bad. They executed better than... The like first that. half was bad. They were, they were two bad teams, to quote Clarko. No, they weren't. They, it was actually a good game of footy. It was high pressure. It was almost finals, a bit finals-like, like elimination final type stuff. Yeah, but it's finals without the class. It, yeah, it, was, yeah. like, it was
0: like if you got to Don't you, get me wrong. Both if, 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 you watch, if you got to watch like 10 and 11 play an elimination final, if, if we get the wild card thing that everyone wants... That's what you'll get first week of
1: finals. It wasn't bad. Like, the intensity no, pressure yeah, and stuff. Yeah, great. Was, Everyone's was, having was a crack. Good. It was good to watch. But yeah. the turnovers, especially if Freeman going inside 50, you like, just hit a target or stop kicking it to three. Adelaide, blokes. You, you look at the... Like, I, reckon, I know I had money on Freeman, and I'm probably talking through my wallet, and that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to own up to that. But I thought Freeman were the better side throughout the game, and they just absolutely butchered They had... They had the same inside 50s, but went at like 20% or something. Yeah, so 18% going inside 50. Adelaide's pressure when it went inside 50 was a lot higher, so they managed to keep it in there. Yeah, they locked it in much better. Um, Yeah, but marks inside 50, uncontested marks, contested marks, possessions, you know, contested possessions, all that stuff was pretty much, you know, similar, but it was just, all right, just Fremantle's inept four line, which has been their strong point you know, when I did the preview last mm. week, I said that it's good to see they finally scored a lot again, but they, they've done it once one other time this year, it was round one, and the other times they've struggled. Like mm. they've, they've scored highly in a couple of games, but they've obviously been really down on others. So I don't know whether it's uh, the players still adapting to a new game plan or Ross Line changing it each week and it, they get confused, whatever, but... I thought Freo the better team last week, and they butchered it. And Adelaide were lucky; the few things went their way, and had some luck. And you take it when you can. But I'm still not sold on, on Adelaide. And so about the same. That does does last week' performance justify them being favourites in the showdown? This no, it doesn't. But what what's made them favourites? If if Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide had these blokes available, I guarantee you the odds would be flipped. So yeah. Ollie Wines is a massive out for Huge. So he's out for about four to six weeks, I think, with an yeah. ankle. Ebert has already been ruled out with concussion. Jonas will miss as well. Obviously Robbie Gray's out. So yeah, you know, there's there's probably there's three, four, five blokes that you'd have. I mean, I'm sorry, I've had the Dixon in there as well, but he's already out. He's still out. Hartlett's still out for a while. But so there's four blokes there that you'd have walk straight into that side. Hmm. So they were pretty poor last week. Poor and you know. Can you trust their kids? So we mentioned this, and, and this is a
0: big head wobble for you, because you did say that Jaden Stevenson was going to prove a point against Port's young troops that were getting lauded for being the best young, like, small forwards in
1: the game. Yeah. And absolutely nailed it. Well done to you. Well, it helped getting that service as well. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. And some good coaching and good forward line structure from the Pies picking on the weakest link and taking him deep. But anyway, get, I, yep. yeah. Can We can't
0: buy into the fact that they'll bounce back. The kids, you can't you can't trust the kids to bounce back from that.
1: They're a bit, they got a bit of swagger about them, and this is a big occasion, big game, showdown, first showdown. So I, I expect a few of them to, you know, get a bit better, stand up. You can
0: expect it, but you're not banking on it. You're not going, oh, kind of, kind of, kind of, Rosie's the type to to do that because yeah. you don't know. We've only seen him play five games of footy. Yeah, like.
1: but like, you know, you got William Drew, Zach butters, uh, you know, and Marshall. Like they've. I know watching the game for, they did have a lot of influence. So, you know, do you go back to them again? Or do you. they got some, you know, Motlop, Trengrove. Uh, you know, they've been playing. Like Motlop has played really well, I'm pretty sure, back to I know Trengrove is dominating back at Sanford, like averaging something stupid in all the key stats, like over 35 touches or something stupid. Like he's apparently just dominating. Um, they got another kid called Billy Frampton who's kicked nine or ten goals in the last two games. So, the other one I saw today on Twitter was there. Uh, there, was a, there was a video of, of Matty Broadbent getting picked. So, his first game in like over 600 days. like And that's, that's a team. They had all the players there mm. announced that everyone got up and about. So, that's something. I expect them to come... Um, come hard. To come harder and beat. It's a, it's a showdown. It's one of those games that are always close and they always get to and fro. It. And it's probably going to be one of my bets is under 15 and a half. Or, um, yeah, the tri-bet. Yeah, tri-bet, 18. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, either that or I might even just go straight for for Port 1 to 39. I'm probably going to tip Port on just on the fact that over the year so far, they've played better football. They won without Ollie Wines at the start of the year. Ebert can be I feel like can be replaced uh, their dual ruck of Lysette and Ryder and you know Westhoff as well who chops in and out and floats around the ground should be too much for O'Brien yeah I believe I, I actually honestly believe Ports Midfield's better and more damaging than Adelaide's Midfield I think if even with their exclusions yeah yeah I, I really do and their back line holds up generally pretty well especially with the setup, you know, Houston and those sorts of blokes are really good. Uh, Cleary, um, you know, Bonner and those sorts of guys. It's going forward, If hopefully they can kick enough goals and hopefully, you know, they can stop Walker who was well held last week by Pearce and, you know, Eddie Betts hasn't been great this year. Hugh Greenwood's a massive up for me. I think, you know, he, since he's been picked, he's been a big inclusion for them. He helps them, in the contested footy, helps keep the footy in the four line. me, a close game, but I'm just, no bets, but I'm gonna tip probably Port in the end just because I think I rate Port a bit better at the moment than Adelaide. And I know Adelaide won their last two of Port Port last week, but over the season so far, you look at the look at it and you think, well, you know what Port have been a more consistent team and probably a better team than Adelaide. And I still think Adelaide have a lot of issues going forward. Yeah, but hey, they're ready to get the number one pick because Carlton gave it to them, so
0: they might be very happy about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a couple of things you mentioned there. Absolutely, backed by the stats. One question for you, and we mentioned this last week,
1: does history matter? So Adelaide have won six of the last seven showdowns. Yeah, and, uh, and the, one, the one loss was uh, Motlop as well, just for the siren. Yeah, and so
0: it has always been close, and the last uh, two have been decided by less than a goal. So that in between 15. And they should have won state. the last
1: one. That was the one where uh, Old Mate hit the post.
0: Yep, Jenkins. the overall for showdowns is 23 versus 22. So it's always a 50-50. I'd stay away from from being your cash. I'm I'm with you on, on Port here, and solely because these close games, I think, are decided by not so much contested possession, but I think mid-season, yes. But as we saw in finals and grand finals, your hard grand ball gets. Yeah. Those are kind other of things. And Port are a better side of that. Their mids and their small forwards and their mid forwards capitalize on that. And then, if you can get lucky and get it a bit of a roll on with some goals, both teams are pretty low on conversions at the moment. But yeah, if Paul can kind of clear that up a little bit, they are a more dangerous team, even with their outs on paper than Adelaide.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've got the loose ball stuff there, but obviously, loose ball stuff's coming, loose ball gets is coming the road this year because of the people looking into contested possession too much. And it's actually the new stat that's starting to come out with, along with loose ball gets is the. Like, contested possession after the initial, so um, I think it's called a loose ball contested possession, mm-hmm. so it's generally when it comes out of the, the pack and it's one-on-one. Yeah, second-phase play. Yeah, second-phase play, and I'm pretty sure Port are better than, than Adelaide, LA. and that's where, you know, that shows that they've got a bit more spread about them, and, you know, that they're both pretty much one-paced midfields, but when blokes like Crouch, like nothing gets Crouch, finds finds all the footy and is a very good player, but... He doesn't do a lot with it. Mm. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's too many of those sorts of midfielders at at uh, Adelaide at the moment compared to Porto who have a couple more, a bit more classy midfielders, yeah, even though they're only young.
0: They have, yeah, piercing, distributing players. Yeah.
1: Tip Port, but uh, just watch.
0: It'll be a good enough game to have no financial stake in and still be very, very interesting. The last of my guaranteed upset alerts. It's just this game's always close for some strange reason. Sunday, last game of the round, 540 Fremantle or a dollar seventy two favourites. Richmond two dollar ten outsiders. They're playing at Optus Stadium. The one here, four and a half the over under, one fifty five. We're it... expecting a Ross Lyon classic to end the round. Nothing more than what you like, a ninth versus a tenth elimination final.
1: Yeah, before before you smacked them last year, I'm pretty sure it went um
0: kick off the siren, kick off the siren, David Mundy special.
1: No, no, it went went Richmond won away and Fremantle mm. won away. So was it the G uh Freo one, it was at oh, op, yeah, Optus Stadium yeah. or uh, uh, Subi- Subiaco. It was uh, Richmond one. It's very strange. This, this, this matchup has always been strange. Yeah, you've got a big injury list at the moment. It's starting to catch up to you, I think. And while you've had some good wins in that mix, I think you just you, see, people are underestimating Freo They're actually a good side. And yeah, yeah, I know last week was pretty poor, but they're better. They're a different team at Fremantle. I just think they win, and I think the, the market's pretty spot on with this. I'm gonna tip Fremantle, and I know Rich. I still think Richmond are a very, very good side, and they'll probably make it closer. It shouldn't. They it wouldn't surprise me if they did get up. But my biggest concern is that Norton got a hold of them last week, and you had no key backs. You know, he bolted down there trying and stuff like that. But you know, he's probably not there yet. Well, this week you got Tabernar, McCarthy, and um, Hogan. Hogan. You got Matera, who get shuttered out by Grimes. You've also got Walters mm-hmm. who had a pretty quiet game against Adelaide, and you got the Hills and stuff like that, and you know, Langdon and There's There's a lot of good players at Fremantle at the moment. They play ten percent better at home. I just can't see how you can stop that four line and how your midfield is going to get on top of a very very good Fremantle midfield. And at the moment, and that Fremantle's improved. So last time they oh, played, yeah.
0: Freyman and Fremantle won the clearance count. By 20. Yeah, and, and they've improved their midfield, and we're missing, and Richmond's missing players.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is, Docker's back line has held out really, really well mm. this year. And again, Lynch is obviously not 100% fit. You know, he hasn't played footy for 12 months, he's got knee injuries, stuff like that. He's, he's gonna be better for it in the long run, but you know, who's his support at the moment? You've got lots of mosquito fleet, but you know, too many of them at the moment are dropping in and out of games, so like even Castagna and stuff like that. like they're not consistent enough. They've got to get involved more because they haven't got the star power around yeah. at the moment. So, yeah, I just think Fremantle win and uh, dollar seventy two looks pretty good, and the lines very, very is very, very good as well. So four and a half, it might be seen a bit later.
0: The deep concern here is obviously whilst Freeman weren't very efficient going <coughs> inside fifty last week, they had huge inside fifty numbers. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, they had and, still and, over fifty. Yeah,
0: and Richmond conceded huge inside fifty numbers to Western Bulldogs last yep. week. We we would consider Fremantle to be a much better side than the Western Bulldogs. Correct. And so, yeah, going to Perth down on personnel, basically losing to a similar style of game, but with tall added in, so they have that benefit. They can just they can just hack kick and then clunk them in the in the, in the inside fifty. Yep. It, I, yeah, it's gonna be very difficult for Richmond to win. So, yeah, the tip and the bet could be on there, depending on how you also see it. The under one fifty five though, is that have the bookmakers decided that.
1: Old Ross is back, and new Ross was a joke. No, I wouldn't trust that at the moment. I would, I'd be leaving that alone. That's As there, there are other teams you can trust playing against each other, like going unders than Fremantle Richmond this weekend.
0: To our so-called sure things with a baited breath, and it starts Friday night. Sydney host Essendon. Sydney are two dollars fifty outsiders. Essendon one dollar forty nine favourites. They're at the SCG. The line here's ten and a half. The over under one sixty three. Are Sydney done? Have they pressed the big red eject button on this season? Um, or are they are yeah. trying
1: to save it? No, I think they're, they're done. They won't make finals. Yeah. They'll be better. They'll, they'll, they'll win games. Just, yeah, they, and I'm not saying they're not going to... They've last five or something at home. Actually, I don't think they've beaten Esther at home for a while either. They've they they, they lost their ability to, to make the SCJ fortress. Yeah. I think uh, you'll see a lot more younger blokes getting games for Sydney. And you'll get a lot more of Heaney, uh, Jones, Papley... With those sorts of blokes running through the midfield, um, they just need to see where they're at. They're going to try a few players and I think that's what they need to do. They've got, I'm pretty sure, a couple of academy kids coming through next year for this, so for the upcoming draft, that are very, very handy. So that's gonna help. And if they get a, you know, a top end draft pick, it will obviously help them as well because they've got picked pick that Blakey, and they've got some top end talent already. already. They have just got to find that other, the other, you know, the the role players, I suppose, and get a bit more out of their star players and get some uh, other players back into form and probably find new roles for, like, Kennedy and Parker and, you know, um, those sorts of blokes. So, Essendon, however, they were, they were really disappointing on Sunday. They didn't commit to their game plan because
0: all the things that you a, were, you were concerned about for Geelong, yeah. like their pace, their, their run... And Geelong their, played
1: really, really well. Oh, Geelong
0: played amazingly well. Out. Realistically, even if Essendon played close to their best... It would have been like Anzac
1: Day. They probably still would have lost. Yeah, but... But they didn't play anywhere near their best. To see that drop-off, which is, what, again, what we spoke about last week, I, I can't trust Essendon because you've got their first two weeks, then you've got their next couple, and then you've seen mm. what they can produce against the Collingwood, then they produce what they did against Geelong. And he's like, well, which Essendon am I going to get? And at the SCG, where Sydney have been under pump all week, I, I, this is probably one of the games where I know you've got as a short thing, but I'm probably thinking Sydney... I'm going back with the gut feel, Gordo. I'm Trust the gut. Trust the gut. Trust the famous Friggy gut. It's a big gut. Um, yeah, I just think that small space. I know Essen have a good record there, but the small confined space of the SCG. Uh, we've seen uh, Geelong last week cut out the, the one style Essendon have and the only style they can seem to be able to play, which is that running uh, Skelter off the halfback. If they can stop that the Swans and make it a real contested game, real, real, real congested, as well, I believe that they're uh, they've got enough to probably just just sneak a w- win in. I was backing to get them done, and hopefully, um, first emergency last week. Old Brighton boy, or Brighton ground boy, Harry Reynolds was on the first emergencies last week for Sydney, so he's a rookie player. He's got a new deal as well. Hopefully, he gets a run this week. There you go. See. Would be absolutely great to see. All right, so.
0: History here for Sydney is not great. So they lost round two to Adelaide, who play essen esque but are just a bit slower. They lost that by 26 points. They lost to Melbourne in what was a, a Dow contested game. So even if they bring on the inside, they can still get done. They lost that by
1: 22 points to the SCG. don't yes, so at the midfield for grunt for inside football like Melbourne, though.
0: Yeah. Then they lost to the Giants, and the Giants legit. So, again, so they've lost their last three at the SCG. That makes them under the pump. But they are vulnerable to the faster teams as well. So Brisbane put them to the sword last week. They're a running gun team. They're probably a better running gun team at the moment than Essendon, but that's still Essendon's style. Yep. So I'd be backing in Essendon. They they are at their best if they get anywhere near their Anzac best. They're going to be way too good for the this, for, this, for the Swans. And in a style mates fights competition, and when if you kick a goal, you get the benefit of having that six 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 and and opening the game up again. That will help Essendon, I think. So. Essendon for mine. Um, but yeah, not as much as a sure thing as the odds really say it is. I'm still going with Sydney. So you're going to go this since there's one this week where we differ. Saturday, 1.45. Again, I do not understand Twitter sometimes, but Carlton are $7 outsiders against Collingwood who are dollar $1.09. I'm spewing. Proper
1: Winks odds. I'm spewing about... The... the line here is 42 points. I'm spewing this game's on at one forty five. Because you want to watch it? Yes, I'm coaching at two. I think the game starts at two fifteen, so I'm absolutely shot Because I, lo- I like watching Collingwood play Carlton. Can you please explain to me as a bona fide Collingwood enough
0: enough? Yep. Why so much of Collingwood Twitter is scared of this game?
1: Because you see that it happens a lot where, and I just spoke about how we're expected to win the next five, and we should be winning the next five games. How often do you see a team get smashed in the media, especially after they get pumped like they did last week, come out and play out of their skins, play good football, and we've seen you know spits and spurts of Carlton playing some really good football this year. Uh, doggies and you know a half-inch Hawthorne and a quarter here and there. Collingwood, you know, we're susceptible to playing some average football against poorer teams, we saw it against the Western Borgs earlier in the year. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, again, it's Colin or Carlton. It's a rivalry that's been going on for hundred over 100 years. It just, it's just one of those things where anything can happen. It's a bit like the showdown. Anything can happen. doesn't matter whether teams are placed, it always seems to be a lot closer or upsets that seem to happen. So, But surely we get the job done. We're, we're a better team. We're a top four team. We, these are the games we must win and have to win. Absolutely. I think the line I, might be a bit over the top, though. The line's
0: ridiculous. There is a play here, and I mentioned it before. I think collingwood's found their game style and you don't like it, but it is definitely kill the game off early and then relax. And I think Collingwood's good enough, especially when you see them against Port, they could have just gone on with that game. That could have been a hundred point game. Yep. But they they that's just apparently not your style this year. But I definitely see you guys winning the first quarter by plenty. And again, as you said, it's a it's a rivalry game. It's a big clash. And yes, Carlton might compete, but they don't have they don't have it. They don't, as you said, they haven't put it, they haven't got close to putting a game a full game together against a half decent side this year.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Collingwood to win the first quarter by ten. And a half is paying a dollar That is the only value you'll get out of this game. And again, thirty one percent of Collingwood's points have been scored in the first quarter. They go for the kill early. And as much as these guys will get up, you said. When it, like how much percentage of that, you know, put up, put up the uh, mean tweets on the board. How much you get is ten percent for the first five minutes.
1: Yeah, and it's then, gonna wear off pretty quickly. It's ten percent for the first five minutes, but if things go well, oh yeah, they will. It, it keeps lifting you, but if things but don't how, go well, but who off.
0: in that in that Carlton side has shown that they can they can capitalise, they can they can create good moments. They haven't capitalised yet.
1: I think if if Kerno is fit and so is Harry McKay, uh, Paul Levi won't get a game. But I think that structures them up better, mm. uh, and Cruz is a big in for them. It'll help him help them around the midfield, because surely Collingwood's midfield depth uh, covers uh, Crips and SBS. who had two really good games, but like I said, will drop back because you know he's still second year of football. He's in a he's in a flow ebb and flow a bit more into his season. But yeah, I just can't. Yeah, Collingwood surely. Yeah, surely. If I'm sitting there next week, next week and we lose, I'll be. Um, yeah, it could be interesting.
0: Carlton Jersey bad.
1: No, no, that's silly. Borrow it from Fuan? No, not that silly.
0: Saturday, 7.25. St. Kilda hosts West Coast down at Marvel Stadium. The line here is 10.5. The over-under, one St. Kilda, a $2.50 outsider's West Coast, $1.49 favorites. Why have everyone jumped off the Eagles bandwagon? This, If this was Collingwood, this would be another $1.01 01 line
1: because of what happened before they played Gold Coast. Eagles win, they cover the line. St Kilda are on the slippery slope. Yeah, they can t- after the first half, they got back in the game a little bit against GWS, but that- GWS did what they needed to do with them and then they took the foot off. West Coast, you can see that you know Simpson wasn't that happy in that second half you know, after they had a really good start. I, I think they're, just, they're starting to get into the groove again. Players starting to find some form. Uh, they're starting to figure out what their best ruck combo looks like, what their best midfield looks like. Remember, these guys started later in the preseason, so you know everyone forgets that. And again, you look at I talked about this last week. You look at their next five weeks, actually pretty much win all five of those, and then people forget about their start of the year. So remember last year Collingwood 0 2 uh, 0-2 as well, and teams. It's so what I talked about, talk about with you the other day. It's all good to be 7-1, 8-1, and 10-1 at halfway through the year. But there's teams that do it regularly and don't win a final. There's teams that just build nicely into the season and they're the ones that tend to win finals. So, um, and I only got back in about eight or nine years, but it seems to be a proven formula unless you're a team like a Brisbane or a Hawthorne. But anyway, uh, yeah, West Coast will win. The line is stupid. 10.5 is too, too little, way, way, way too little. I've already uh, jumped on that because that's just money for jam. that is. Yeah, and especially the Eagles play
0: Marvel really well. Under the Dome suits them. And, yeah, if they get anywhere close to being their best selves, they will be just be too good for St. Kilda. St. Kilda are really good tryers. Like, they will, they will crack in, they will tackle, they will pressure. But we saw that that doesn't work against a good Eagles side. No, And, and that's when better teams do it. Like, Collingwood tried many times
1: doesn't work and don't forget that when you start losing regularly and by five or six goals regularly that cracking in effort becomes a lot harder to put yeah. up and I think security, that's why I think security like they're, they're probably going to drop off a bit like even if it's only 10-20% that's still you know five, six, seven goal losses for, for a few weeks until they get that you know, someone comes back from injury or something or, or they find something that reinvigorates really them a bit because yeah They've cracked in for the first five, and I think they've found the last few weeks a bit tougher. And
0: they're playing against better oppositions. They played against the Giants last week. They got smashed. Yeah. And West Coast are in that bracket. They're not in that bracket on the ladder, but in terms of their, their talent and their ability to beat teams and bash them properly, then, yeah, that's a definite play for West Coast, and the line there is very, very tasty. Sunday at 1.10, showdown of the Scots. North Melbourne $3.16 Home Outsiders against Geelong a one favourites also at Marble Stadium the line here 22 points are Geelong the standard bearers have you bought your Geelong bandwagon ticket yet no I'm I know you've told me. You told me I'm just asking the question again I'll ask you each and every week until you admit that they're the standard good bearers team.
1: I'm still not sold on yet yeah and I won't be so there.
0: who and who do they have to be
1: sorry who do they have to be well, let's see how they go when it comes to finals because they haven't done it for years in finals, have they? But they weren't being these sides either. They were. They've, they've gone into finals. They weren't, being, they weren't being, they weren't they've keeping gone West in, Coast to they, that score. They've gone into the finals in top four positions and they've done nothing. Let's see them do something. Alright. That's, and that's, you know, as I, I messaged you the other day, you yeah. were talking about this, and I, you know, Geelong have gone as seven and eight in ones. And then they've, done what with it. So it, it, they've been here before and connor has been there before parley has been there before there's teams throughout the last 10 years who've had flying starts of the year get to halfway and then they fall away because of injury or you know the young players that they've got aren't standing up and it's nothing it's them it's just because they're first second year players and they, they generally take 3 to 4 5 years before they can have that consistency unless they're out and out stars like a Welsh. Mm-hmm.
0: Talking about out and out stars would you consider Tim Kelly to be an out-star that got bandied about a lot this week by uh, the so-called experts? He's a
1: very, very good player. But he's not, very, a, bankable, very, he's not a bankable star. He's not a top five player, which I've heard some people talk about. There's a few of them. But
0: as you said, like with players you're afraid of a of, uh, fade-out, yep. is he on that list? No, no,
1: he's consistent. He's, yeah. been, he's proven consistent. Yeah. But it, you got to remember, he's also 24. He's not 18, 19.
0: No, no, no. But he's also not... He's not He's not used to... It. Like Last year was the first time he was really in that Regular best for Geelong, yeah. I mean, and and they're looking to not, as you said, they're they're trying to not rely as heavily on at least danger and
1: Selwood. They should be winning this because they're playing North Melbourne.
0: Yeah, as I said, like that's we've talked a lot about Geelong and how like all their little holes, but that's a long term thing for mine. Is there an angle that North wins this? Are there too many outs for Geelong?
1: North could win it because it's just one of those games. Yeah, really, like North might get up. Yeah, it's like we talked about last week with the Mighty Ducks rule not, it could be one of these ones for North I, I'm tipping Geelong because it's the safest option yeah but it would not surprise me if one bit of North got up and they're young they're, they're actually starting to show they've got 6 or 7 young blokes who can actually play it's just they've got some duds that they've traded in for <laughs> that can't and I don't know why you'd waste picks on you know they, they gave up a first round pick for Pittard and, and um, Pollock and given the draft quality of last year, surely you would have. Given where they're at, yeah. You know, we've seen you know uh, Larky. We've seen they didn't top um, up, mate. They there's didn't top Zohan, up. The Zohan. Brad's already Brad's already discussed this, mate. Go to listen to Brad. Oh, uh, but you got a bloke like Aaron Hall who couldn't get a game at Gold Coast. Uh, you got a bloke like Dom Tyson who couldn't get a game at Melbourne. So what are they adding to your list? I don't understand that. And Piard and polika obviously drafted to help with their speed and kicking, but they got they've got enough blokes who at that club already you can't kick the football so yeah they add speed but it's no good if they butcher it um, and you know they've given up a bit for these blokes so for I me, mean, when you look at their list and where they're at and how like they have actually got some probably you know Thomas and uh, Yenneke and um, Vicka Ellis and Dumont and those sorts of blokes who are playing mm. alright they've got some good kids and you know Wood's young enough but yeah just baffles me they went to the the well there, and they let like a young good ruckman like Proust go as well. I think North need to sort of re evaluate where they are and keep playing the kids and seeing what they've got and have probably a bit of a clean out and yeah, keep going back to the draft for the next couple of years.
0: So, we, we joke we try and find that angle, but there is no angle here. This game will be dead, in my opinion, by quarter one. Geelong are the best quarter one side team in the competition. They proved it against Eston last week. North Melbourne aren't chop on Eston at all. Look at the other stats here. Kangaroos rank 11th in scoring shot production. They rank 17th, second last in scoring shots against. Against the best and most well-spread forward uh, entry side at the moment. Obviously at the moment. But that's what counts for making making money is the week-by-week week scores. So Geelong to win the first quarter by four and a half is paying $1.86. That would be the best value you'll find. But Geelong should win and win very, very comfortably. And to round out round eight... Sunday, 320. Hawthorne, $2.50 outsiders are playing GWS, the sleeping giants of the AFL, at dollar forty nine. at the MCG. The Lions, 12.5, the over under, 173. Hawthorne just lost to Melbourne in a very poor game where Clarko said his size not much
1: chop. And they're only two goal outsiders to the Giants. It's a Clarkson effect. It is, seriously. It's because it's the Clarkson, it's Hawthorne. People get sold in a bit, I think. So This is the lock of the week, surely. GWS play the style of football that Hawthorne would hate. But Hawthorne, if they can play that possession style mark kick, you know, that one that they're famous for and get away with it. They're a team that could trouble GWS, but GWS is flying moment at the moment. And that, yeah, that would trouble old GWS, but this team...
0: Is is in the top four now? GWS four pressure acts yeah. for for that for those loose ball gets, ball gets they, do, they
1: they're rolling up their sleeves they the get stuck in the stuff we've been bitching about for the yeah. last three years and giving them hell for they're yeah. now cracking in and still being silky users of the ball did they listen to our podcast spray last year or something maybe and finally maybe we were, maybe we got we were put on the pre-season wall yeah maybe we were anyway GWS sure they win isn't. I think another win or two, O S will start not flying under the radar so much behind Collingwood and Geelong. Obviously, Collingwood and Geelong are two big clubs in Melbourne. The media love them because they sell papers. But it's in a, another week or two, especially if they do a job on Hawthorne, which I reckon they will, we'll start hearing a lot more about GWS. And
0: the, and the global media markets have started to tip into GWS as well. So on the mark, the the kind of a human interest story on Fox Footy had Toby Green on yep. so Toby Green's cashing in on the ability to kind of change his old uh, persona yep. and his outward motion and, and also know. it's a bit more of exposure for the small market team that will probably finish top 4 yep. so uh, yeah the AFL's trying to boost that because they're obviously concerned about finals tickets and blah 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 so the sleeping giant is, is rustling and yes it's only round 8 yes we're going too soon but this team is legit lock of the week g to cover the 12 and a half line $1.99 Money for jam. Double your money and make it
1: stack. Hold uh. up. Speaking
0: of money for jam, it is money making time. Feature bets four round eight. We'll check in with the bet that never fails. <laughs> Famous last words, but it gets up more than it hasn't. So. Carlton, 61 75. Gold Coast, 61 75. Carton fulfilled their half of the deal last week. $2.70 was the value there. And we're still 37% return on investment, which is a very, very healthy return on investment. And just remember
1: we only start this from round three. Yes. Yes, it, yes. If you, can find me the, rounds, if you can find me the odds for the first two rounds, I'll add it to the sheet. First two rounds were four out of four. So if you can find me the odds, right, I'll add it to the sheet. Alright, alright. So anyway, we're that's flying and this week is a week where Melbourne play at the Gold Coast. Surely they get there. And if Collingwood can just you know let it slide for a quarter or so, can't really, this is, should be two weeks. A week where we get both of them. Yeah. I'm Three actually, green lights.
0: You've already tipped in, haven't you? I'm probably going to
1: multi them. Uh, anyway, my best bet of the week yes. is uh, West Coast at the line. At 10.5 points, you've got to be kidding me. Pile into that. And my second best would be Fremantle at the line. Four and a half points. My best bet is,
0: as I just said, the Giants to cover the twelve and a half and a half line against the Hawks at $1.90. Again, absolute joke of a line, tip in all the way. Uh, and my value bet is Brisbane to win at
1: $2.25. My value will just be either Carlton or Gold Coast at $61.75. <laughs> I reckon Gold Coast is more likely to get there.
0: Yeah, Carlton could have a pretty bad day out. Yep. And my Ruffy. Is just a very sensible two-leg multi. Geelong to win the first quarter by four and a half. Collingwood to win the first quarter by ten and a half. Three dollars fifty-five. The stats back it up against two sides that they
1: should comfortably beat. My roughie is West Coast to win between forty and fifty-nine points. Seven bucks.
0: As we always say, if you've got better picks than us, or you think you want to have a bit of a three-sixty feedback on our analysis of the game of the week's games ahead, hit us up on Facebook at Sporting Chance Magazine. Head to our Twitter page at. SC underscore mag underscore Oz. Hit us up on our own handles. We're all over that page as well. And uh, if you want to meet us face to face, we'll be at the Yorkshire Hotel or floating around some amateur football this weekend. A big, big old clash between Old Brighton and Old Xavier. Get on down to uh, Xavier College to see that one in action.
1: Come on.